Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hey, this is Coach Lundy, founder of Fourth Down University and host of the Fourth Down Focus podcast. It's a show brought to you by Believe Podcast Network and betonline.ag. Before the show, I'd like to remind our listeners that the NFL is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can most certainly be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and point totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager now than any place online. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Our topic today on 4th Down Focus is the current state of recruiting for high school specialists. We found that it was a great time of year to do so. The next three to four months has always proven to be the busiest time of the year, especially for specialists, as they are or tend to be some of the last individuals or athletes served on a football program. Today's guest is Coach Chris Ripon, founder of Coach Rip Consulting, a veteran Division I coach of 37 years. Some of the programs he's served as a special teams coordinator or defensive coordinator at is Ole Miss, Marshall, Rutgers, Syracuse. He's also a partner of 4th Down University. Coach Rippon and I met a couple months ago, and he has since started consulting our 4th Down U athletes, our kickers, punters, and snappers in the recruiting world. His experience has proven invaluable in my athletes' recruiting process. So how are you doing, Coach Rip? Hey, Dan. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on, and, and I'm very, very excited to be partnering with you in 4th uh, in Down U. Yeah, I just... Uh, I was talking to you last week and, you know, it's coming that time of year where I'm getting a lot of phone calls from mostly parents. Uh, some of the kids don't communicate as well. So the parents are expressing the concern, I think, for the athletes. And you had mentioned that this would probably be the ideal time to to start talking about recruiting a little bit on the show. Um, and no better person than you to help me sift through these waters. I want to explain the breakdown of the show to the audience. We're going to talk about right in the beginning, right away, the 2021 class. These are the current seniors. This is kicking, punting, and snapping we're, we're talking about specifically today. We're going to follow that with the 2022s, the current juniors. And we're going to end the show talking about things underclassmen need to know. And I want to mention before you start, Coach, that this most certainly the first part of the show should not be a part of the show to be ignored. If you've got a son or if you are a current underclassman or even a junior for that matter, the first part of the show is, is the essentials and in, 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 in the final process in which to become eligible or, or get that offer. So I think that it's a wonderful thing to just take notes today. Um, there's a lot of information that Coach Rip is going to feed to you. And obviously, if you want to reflect on this with a follow-up, he's going to give you ways to contact him at the end of the show. So I'm going to give you a hypothetical, Coach. You have a 2021 uh, kicker, punter, or snapper. It doesn't matter. He's a senior right now in Florida. We're in the second round of the playoffs. Thankfully, this hypothetical specialist is still alive. Uh, he had a great week last week. He added to his you know, end-of-year highlight tape. He was able to get that out to all the schools that are warm leads to him, schools that are showing some, some kind of interest, whether it's a letter or a phone call or a tweet. So Back to the hypothetical question, I, I don't have any offers. I'm this 21 specialist, and although I'm still alive, I'm in the playoffs, I still have a good film going on right now. I have zero offers, but I do have interest, like I mentioned. Uh, could you give me and give the audience, parents, players, some direction, some insight as to the essentials in, in what this senior could and should be doing right now to help his chances? Well, I think the first thing is don't panic. 
don't don't all of a sudden think that you're not going to have opportunities down the line with playing in schools to to look into again the covid situation where you're not visiting schools that that holds everybody up but my my number one thing to my clients and to the audience uh right now is just take a deep breath and and let's start to put things in perspective of what's going on everything during the summer course is geared towards i'm going to get a scholarship offer that's my goal it's been my dream whether it's a kicker a punter or a long snapper i'm going to go to a lot of camps competition camps i'm going to try to go to college camps i'm going to have a great year i'm going to do all these other things and i really they're uneducated in the sense dan that the reality of the number of division one scholarships that are put out there for snappers for kickers uh for punters for dual players is very very small year in uh and year out the average is 32 to 37 uh total number of scholarships that are given and then you're looking of course at the walk-on preferred walk-on situation so right now is whatever's out on the board there's still great opportunity for you to pursue your dream of where you want to play it's now you have the, the the number one thing for a prospect is game film. And for those lucky enough in the audience to be playing, and as you said, in our hypothetical, they're in the playoffs. That's what coaches want to see. They want to see you in action. They don't want to see you. They like the YouTube and they like the Twitter feed. And we can, we'll talk about that down the line. But what they want to see is you in action. How do you perform when the lights are on, when there's a time you have to get off from the sideline to the field and perform in 40 seconds. What are you doing when there's a rush coming at you? All those different game-like scenarios, that's how we make our evaluations. Okay. We talked last week, like I mentioned, I want to jog your memory on a few things that stood out to me that I learned from you on uh, was the prioritization of things from your perspective as a coach who did in fact make these decisions for 37 years is Am I going to go take Billy from Alabama or do I like what, what Tommy over in Georgia has to offer and, and how you differentiated? So you mentioned that film, the timing in which these athletes are engaged with you, how well the athletes know their audience, you know, are, are they connecting not only with you, but did they connect with their regional recruiter? You know, did they connect with maybe the general recruiting coordinator if there was one? I'm sure that you had some, not necessarily overzealous, but you had some kids that wanted it more than others that may have found you or initiated contact with you because they're doing things above and beyond, you know, the call. Could you talk about those few things a little bit more? Absolutely. Uh, And again, talking to the players that I'm involved with, I'm a football coach and my responsibilities are preparing the players and the coaches to get ready to play a game. And that's priority number one. Priority two, of course, is uh, recruiting, but that kind of takes a little bit of a backseat. I'm game planning. You know, when I come in on, uh, we played a game on Saturday. I come in on Sunday and I'm grading that film and I'm getting ready for uh, the, the special teams meeting and the players are going in and they're with their position coaches. And then that night and all of Monday, you're sitting down and you're game planning for the next opponent. There's not a window in there where I'm sitting down and I'm evaluating kids or I'm tweeting them or I'm emailing them or anything else. I maybe shoot a quick thing, but I'm not evaluating you. I'm evaluating that I'm playing Alabama on Saturday and I got to know exactly what they're going to do. So now 
we, that takes us through Monday. I'm going to set aside maybe a half hour to do some recruiting. And I'll probably have a list of 25 kids that I'm going to be involved with and that there's five kids on that list that are going to get hit tonight in that 15 minutes to half hour. And the other kids, well, maybe I'll get to them tomorrow. But the priority, again, is focus on the game. And as we the game, as the week progresses, I'm going to have a little bit more time on Thursday. Thursday in, in college football world of coaching is family night. And we get to see our kids and we get to spend some time with our wives and we're not accustomed to what free time is all about. So we're watching, you know, Hallmark Christmas. It started on in September. My wife is already on it. I'm flickering through my uh, my Twitter feed. I'm going back over my emails and I'm going to communicate some more with kids. I have a great opportunity to evaluate film and communicate with players on Friday. Friday is usually a walkthrough. It's a travel day. We're going to be on a bus. We're going to be staying in a hotel. That's where I'm going to do a lot of either reaching out or evaluation of prospects. So there's going to be a whole new group of kids, along with the players I had set aside, there's going to be more players that I'm going to be evaluating. And that could come through the recruiting coordinator. It could come through the coach that's responsible for recruiting that area. It might be a recommendation from a high school coach or from an alum. Players and parents don't understand that we're insulated. And and I think that's what separates me from a lot of people out there in the business. I was in that cubicle. I was insulated from everything on the outside. And and how was Dan Lundy going to get to me? Because there were walls. There there was ways they had to do it. And my point to, to younger, to kids the 2021 class is, Stay persistent. Don't get upset if I don't get back to you. I'm going to. When the dust starts to settle a little bit, I'm going back and I'm double checking. I might have seen a kid as a uh, his junior film and was iffy on him, gave him a you know middle grade. Well, he's got senior video now. I want to take a look at that kid. I I, I am going to be very diligent in my responsibility as the coach responsible for recruiting kickers, punters, and long snappers to get the absolute best that fits my situation. Because ultimately, my job rides on their ability. Yeah, I, I want to touch on, you mentioned timing, and I find it very interesting. And, you know, if you're a Mac school, for example, you know, the Mac played last night, it's Tuesday evening. We're currently on a Wednesday, but you people that listen to podcasts, yeah, right now we're on a Wednesday talking live right now. Last night was a Tuesday evening. So of course the the old miss schedule that, that Coach Rip was just talking about where Friday was the the flexible day. Well clearly Tuesday evening is not going to be one of those. So that being said, the athletes like coach, I I hear a lot of feedback from parents and, and players on you know, we've reached out and I said, well, how'd you reach out? Well, we, we, we DM'd him on Twitter last Sunday, for example. Okay. Um, well, today is Tuesday. So that's been two sleep nights. Don't, don't, don't get bent out of shape. Uh, I, I almost assuredly would say that he has not seen that. And, and if he has, he, you know, he'll probably get back to you if he intends on doing so, but regardless, or, or he may have forgot. So the point being is, you know, don't overkill. Don't don't DM them four times a day. However, with what you just said, it, it, it could be a great indicator to some of the listeners that, hmm, maybe I didn't get a response because it was poor timing. Because it was, although it was good timing for me as the athlete or me as the parent, 
I'm not respecting a guy that is literally fighting for his job every waking week to try to win a conference, to try to get to a bowl game, to try to stay up. You know, like there's, there's so many things that come into play. So I think that if people look at it outside of their own perspective, sometimes things become a little clear. One thing that you mentioned last week on this subject of recruiting that I liked a lot, I think you should share is don't just limit it to a tweet, to a DM, although it is a very effective way of doing things these days because of recruiting, you know, the lack of recruiting restrictions, I should say. I still like what you said about the email, uh, the, the actual phone call, you know, those aren't completely out of, and they actually stand out in my opinion. How many kids directly call a coach anymore? And, and how many kids get the, the phone number, you know, and, and you know, the text message. I, I, I think you, you hit earlier, you know, you, you have to start to understand and play to your audience. I was an email person. I wasn't a DM person. I, I, I felt more comfortable than I think you'll see some of the more experienced coaches. That's the way we were brought through. Not as savvy. And, and you learn, but you still have a familiarity or a comfort zone. And what a lot of kids remember, don't really, I think, understand, I'd like it to be a little more, you know, I like to develop the, the personal relationship and get to know the kid. Uh, I, I, I encourage my kids to, if you're going to send a DM, also send an email and address it to me. Address it to me on it. Send me, send me a, uh, an email, a DM, a text message and say, hey, Coach Rip. Know you're playing Alabama this week. Good luck. And then on Monday, hey, Coach Rip, saw the game. Congratulations or, hey, you guys played well or whatever, you know, just touching base. And make it personal. Make it that the coach know that you're very locked into what's going on in that football program. And that expresses to me a sincere interest, not, hey, Coach, good luck. And, and I get that on a Wednesday. You know, I, okay, good luck to you too. <laughs> good luck, but whether you're going to, you know, hear back from me or not. And we're going to get to you. Timing, again, is is how, how are we going to do it? And the other thing that that I'm sure you've heard dealing with the, with the athletes that you are that are, I'm going to say, very, very well coached, as you know, we've discussed that, uh, is – what about this? What about the scholarship or what about this? Hey, slow down. You know, we're, we're, we're concentrating on the season. We have to take inventory of what's going on with our team also. So maybe we thought we were going to need a kid and somebody blossomed. One of those freshmen that, that came in as a walk-on is nailing it in practice. Or, hey, maybe we got to go out and find a guy because the kicker punter, long snapper, didn't do the job that we expected him to do. And there's so many factors. Stay involved. Don't panic and work on the ways to connect with that, that school that you have interest in. Absolutely. And I, I kind of want to add on to what you, what you just said a second ago about um, it's basically a misconception, right? If uh, is in terms of the, the tweets, we're going to go back to Twitter because that's where uh, things, they occur most frequently and, and, and soonest, you know. So when a kid gets a, a walk-on offer, I, I don't even know how to say this anymore, but when a kid gets a, an opportunity to walk on to a school, not a preferred walk-on, not a scholarship, uh, 
perhaps it's even a division three. So there's really no offer anyway. The verbiage that kids present to their audience, which are other kids, their peers are seeing all these offers, quote unquote. And I would say that less than 10% are legitimate. I mean, it's, it's, it hurts on my end because I have to explain countless times, but it's understandable because if I were to see that and I didn't know any better, I would be under the assumption that everyone but myself is getting an offer. Um, whereas they're probably in the same boat as nine out of 10 of those kids who are just being misleading. Is that, is that kind of true? It's so funny you brought that up. I, I was on Twitter last night and I was flipping through and there were four kids that I don't know if they put it together. They're four different parts of the country, but they came out and they defined what they were talking about. Uh, I'm excited to receive an opportunity to walk on at such and such. Uh, so excited that I was given a uh, preferred walk-on opportunity to such and such. Four different times they defined it. And one of them was, you know, ecstatic or whatever word he used to have received a scholarship offer. So I sent out a tweet and I said, hey, you just made not only my day, my week, my month, whatever you received from a school that interest how great is that? Because there's a lot of guys out there that no, we're we're not getting any of it. You know, I mean, I'm I'm looking at walking on and not being a part of the team, going to school, not being a part of the team, and hoping that I can try out come next spring. So, whatever that role is that you are given an opportunity to have, awesome! Congratulations! And for the vast majority, again, of the of the t- class of 2021 kickers, punters, and long snappers. You're looking at attending the, the best school for you and have an opportunity to be involved in, on the team next fall. I think that's a, that's a legitimate goal. And it not only encompasses the opportunity to play, but the other aspects of what the school selection involves. And staying with the 21 topic, you know, these current seniors, uh, you also mentioned – uh, and you talk about it all the time with, with my athletes, uh, three pillars, essentially football, academics, and geography. I want you to talk about each and what you mean by that, like in terms of being like the foundational aspects of recruiting, but more on the lines of the perception of the athlete, like what he must consider when determining what is in fact the best home for me, the best program for the next four years. So could you talk about the football academics geography a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think those are, as you said, the pillars of making a decision and, and being comfortable and excited with, uh, with where you're going, because that's what this is all about. Take those three categories and prioritize. Now, when we talk about football, what I really want to know is, do you love football or do you love the environment of football? Do you, is your goal to be a part of something where Regardless if I play, I'm on the sideline in a stadium that holds 100,000 people, you know, and I got a uniform and I got a helmet and people in the stands are looking down and I am satisfied. That's football to me. Or is football, I want to play. And and maybe that's a year, maybe that's two years, but I'm going to be competitive and I want to play in the game as a kicker, as a punter, as a long snapper. and Ultimately, my school choice is going to say I'm going to 
work to the highest level I possibly can. But if that, if you're that type of player, playing is so important. I'm not going to go to a school where I'm sitting, you know, they have a junior, a sophomore, and a freshman. It can be hard to break in. Or I'm not going to go and walk on at Alabama. Okay, that that's unrealistic. I might go now to that one to to the Division two level or the Division three level. So I think that 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 football part of it, academically, is that your number one priority? Now I have clients, players, where. I want to play football in college, but this is what I want to major in. This is the type of school I want to go to. So I'm focusing on the educational opportunity and where can I play? So, or, and, and you and I talked about, I, I have a young man, a long snapper. He'll go to Peru to be a football player and get a scholarship. So he's, that's his priority. Can I interrupt? I want to interrupt you because I don't want to lose this thought. Back to football first. I have a question before we go really into the academics. I, I think my favorite thing about what you do and the service you provide for so many is that you give the landscape and it changes every single year, but you can say definitively, and you mentioned it earlier for a second in the show when we started off, but you don't just know the number of scholarships that are available this year. You also know the, the landscape for the next two years and three years and four years. So much to say is, I'm just going to say hypothetically, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm looking at Ole Miss, Coach. Although you're not currently still there, they're on your radar amongst hundreds of schools as to what their current situation is. And I think it's an interesting point because if Ole Miss does in fact have, like you said, a senior PWO, a junior on a full ride, and a kid they got in state as a true freshman that was all state last year. I don't know if that's where you want to walk on, you know? So I think that's so important. And, you know, they don't, they don't, they have the resources. They meaning the, the listeners right now do have the resources to, if there's, if their school list is only a handful because they have two or three dream schools and that's it. It's very simple to paint a better picture for yourself and just go look at depth charts. I, I wanted to make sure, certain that they heard that twice. I think that's so important that you said, and that is what you do. You know, the landscape. And back to academics, you, you mentioned the other day about being at Columbia, for, for example, or, or any of these Ivy League schools, these Cornells, you coach in the Ivy League. I wanted you to, to please explain to them about a team GPA and what that means with NCAA standards and uh, how it all connects, because I don't think people realize how important this really is. Well, from, from an Ivy League standpoint, the higher academic challenging schools, uh, you know, they're going to want the cream of the crop. And the, when you're getting recruited by them, uh, when you initiate contact or they initiate contact with you, the first thing is the transcript that goes. They, and that's the offer that you see in kids that are going to the Ivy League. You know, I received an offer from Cornell. So you're, you're involved with that. When you go to the point of, you know, we talked about the depth charts and, and my players, I provide to them any division one school, any division two school, any NAIA school, we do the work and here's what those opportunities are. But when I'm recruiting a preferred walk-on or walk-on, and we can get into that whole mess, we, we alluded to it earlier, what is a walk-on, what is a preferred walk-on? But when we, when a player becomes a roster member, He's listed, and, and that has to go to the compliance office, that goes to the athletic director, that goes to the NCAA. So you're on the roster. You count. 
your GPA is built into what the total team GPA is, which then is reflective of the type of school you are. And you can get penalized if your team GPA and graduation rate doesn't hit the criteria that the NCAA has. So in the four years, the five years that I was at Ole Miss, we would never take a walk on that we did not, I did not feel comfortable was going to get at least a 3.2, 3.3 GPA. I'm not bringing in a walk-on that's going to bring down the team GPA. That's that's not your your really that's your first role wow. is up the team GPA as well as start to compete and complement the kickers, punters, and long snappers. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean it. It really is. It it makes a lot more sense now when 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 you learn that how the compliance with the NCAA is t- is connected. Let me let me say this to you, Dan. From 2015, 16, 17, 18, my position group, the kickers, punters, and long snappers, had the top three GPAs at the end of the year. And four years of having five of the top seven GPAs. And one of those years, we didn't have a scholarship player, but those players that were sophomores moved to juniors and we were off probation and we were able to give them, uh, give them scholarships, you know, so they, they earned that, but that was exactly what the head coach wanted, the athletic director wanted. And I was able to bring in the players that not only eventually earned scholarships, they did well in the classroom. And now as fifth year, fifth year players, each of them has their diploma already and are taking graduate school courses and finishing their masters. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, I think what the majority of coaches are looking for from, from the kickers, punters, and long snappers. I think it's so important because it doesn't make it cliche to say, oh yeah, grades are important, do well in the classroom. It really does, like everything else we've talked about today, everything is not, not only just relatable, but they connect. You know, one thing either hurts you or helps you because it's connected to the other thing. Uh, and the, the last component or pillar, uh, we talked about football and academics. The last thing is pretty self-explanatory, I think, to most is the geography part of it. Like determining, you know, as a senior in high school, am I okay with going out of state or am I a kid, kid that wants to be in state because I'm a family kid and I just, or, or is weather a factor? Uh, do I have family in the school that I might be going to? So, that, so there's some familiarity there. Could you just elaborate a little more on geography? I think I think people are pretty aware of the of the commitments, but you made some good points the other day about geography. Yeah, I think it, it you know especially we're we're talking specifically at twenty twenty ones right now, and we talked about it's the end of the season. Don't panic, but it's a time to really regroup, refocus, and initially in the summer, uh, a kid out of Florida saying I'll go anywhere and on his list is Rutgers, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, UCLA, Oregon. Uh, well, let's reassess right now uh, the reality of in-state and out-of-state tuition, uh, number one. Uh, number two, transportation costs. Are, are you a kid that's adventurous and doesn't mind being away? Uh, you know, you look at football players this season, you know, they're not getting home. You know, even when a bye week is when you say, okay, I can go home and come back during the season. You don't have that opportunity. But even if you do, are you going to be able to travel from Oregon to Florida? How many times is that going to happen? Uh, 
How many times are your parents going to have a chance to come and watch you play? You're not getting home for the homecoming game. You're, you're all those dynamics. So what I see is at this point, now we're starting to come back and, and focus more on a radius. You know, a kid from Florida, we're looking at, you know, Florida up through maybe Virginia, you know, driving distance, seven. You're a dad. You're going to get in the car. You're going to drive six hours. Okay. You're going to do that to watch your son. Are you going to get in the car, drive 11, spend a night in a hotel, watch a game at night, take another hotel and drive all the way back? Uh, You know, maybe, but I haven't seen that kid yet. So focusing now on the geography. Yeah, I'm going to transition us to 2022. Again, talking to you last week, there was something very eye-opening that I think should be definitely a part of everyone's curriculum or plan or roadmap, if you will, that summer after their junior years. So these 2022s are coming up on the summer pretty quick. It'll be here in six or seven months. And you mentioned it's, it's ideal. It's almost, it's almost like a necessity to make the right decision to take tour, like be there physically. There I mean like find six, seven, eight schools in a three-state uh, region that you can feasibly drive to one, stay there for a day or maybe two nights, then transition to the next to where you're, you're on the road for two weeks, two and a half weeks. Hopefully mom or dad can support that cause and be there with you and spend some quality time with you. But I loved how you explained that tour. But I think more importantly is don't just pick – Let's just do all the SEC West schools. Could you please explain what what a tour to you looks like from a kid that should be attacking it in a realistic way? Sure. And I'm going to lead into it with this. My experience at Ole Miss was uh, very heavily involved with with walk-on candidates. And there would not be a player on the Ole Miss roster that I didn't actually see kick. He had to be at my camp. And, And... I had a plan for each player, you know, especially if I knew about them, we had communicated or, or whatever. And I would dictate the latter part of the camp to what I wanted to see. I could add pressure. I could add distance. I could add whatever, but we were going to evaluate that. If I saw a kicker on video that I really liked, but he didn't come to my camp, how much does he really want to come to Ole Miss? You know, so that's the big picture. I, I, I believe and this is where you come in and, and we discussed it is you're taking that two week tour and you're going to go to camp. So you're a kid out of Florida and you start out, my opinion, the furthest distance. So, you know, I'm going to Memphis has had some success with kickers and punters recently. So I'm going to go to the Memphis camp in the morning and I'm going to hit the Ole Miss campus in the camp in the afternoon. And we're going to stay over and then I'm going to shoot down and I'm going to go to Starkville. And then I'm going to shoot over to Alabama. And now I'm going to start to work that Southern part, if that's the way the priorities of my schools. And I'm also going to communicate with coaches that might not have kicking camps. Are they going to be there? Because we had coaches from from other levels come in and work our camps because that's a chance for them to evaluate the players. So I think that is more important than anything else that 2022s are going to do in the summer if it's open is to expose himself in that in that degree. How you come in, Dan Lundy comes in and fourth down you and the king coaches through throughout and snapping coaches throughout the country, if they use this model, is there's a heck of a lot of kicking going on. I mean you're you're and you're competing. 
you have to speak with Dan Lundy about the program that we're going to have, whatever you feel is best two years, one or two months, one month going in. How are you going to prepare me where I can go to eight camps and successfully compete, not blow out my leg, not, and now we're, so that's the plan. That, that, that's the game plan of success. And, you know, you've been through those, you, you coached kids that go through them. And we talked about it, which I thought was phenomenal. What's the game plan? You know, how are we preparing for you to go through this? And in lieu of going to some of those competition camps, which you've gone to and, and certainly have their place, get in front of the college coaches of the schools you're interested in. That, that, that would be my suggestion. Yeah, I love what you said. The high-performing athletes that I – because I used to work for guys like you. I worked Phil Fulmer's in Tennessee and Urbits at Florida at Ohio State. I've been to Marshall, your former place, with Coach Holiday there. And the highest performers, wherever I was, whatever year it happened to be, you could tell they had some kind of coach or some kind of guidance as to monitoring the pace in which they performed. I noticed that you get a couple hundred kids in the field and they're at the horseshoe kicking in the horseshoe. The guys that were in the finals were not the guys that hit 75 balls before a coach came out in the field like you to evaluate. I think a lot of those, a lot of those kids were just so excited and caught up in the moment, but it's like anything. If you're not well coached, if you're not well prepared, you're gonna, you're gonna do things that aren't optimal, right? Just because it is what it is. We're not inclined to pick the very best thing for us, especially if we're not aware of what is the best thing for us. So I love what you said is, be smart. I mean, definitely don't hit a ball if a coach isn't around because you might waste your best or your strongest moments um, when no one cares, when no one's there. So finally, the underclassmen, because you did mention the exposure camps, and I wanted to connect that. Uh, I'm, I'm not an evaluation guy. I'm, I'm more of a coach like you. I like to fix things. I like to see problems. I like to identify problems. I like to empower athletes with uh, showing them you know, how to look for a tendency and then how to drill that tendency out with, with specific things. But I like what you said, if there is a time and a place to go receive a star or earn a ranking or, you know, maybe be categorized number two in your class, um, I think it's early in the process. And early, I mean under class. So now, lastly, talking about ninth and 10th graders, a good way to start their, their uh, exposure process off, you said, was in fact to go to a, a big exposure camp if they're going to do well, right? Um, is that something you want to talk a little bit more about and, and, and why, why the timing early? Yeah, I, I, I think the, the number one advantage is each of the, the, the professionals that run those, those big camps, competition camps, are specialists and, and have a degree of success in, in helping kickers, punters, and long snappers. To me, the number one thing is you start to network. And what I've found really in the past 10, 12 years has been that the bond between specialists is far-reaching, 50 states. Everybody kind of knows everybody, not only the players, but the parents. And they start to compare each other uh, against one another. And even if they're not at the same camp, they're competing and those kind of things. And I, I love the network part of it. I love the communication part of it. The, the, those things are all great. And you get exposed to competition with people outside of your immediate region. So you get to, you're from Florida and now you're 
you know, wherever you go, you're competing with kids from other states further away that you don't normally interact with. And, and it's same with the parents. I think socially it, it's, it's exciting. And the, and the early exposure is great from, you know, you getting on a list and, and somewhere along the line, coaches are going to look at those lists. But when you get down to, so the, the 23s and the 24s, phenomenal. But again, my philosophy has always been, now you're at the end of your junior year, I have video on you. I kind of given you my own grade, where you are right now, come to my camp, go to whatever college camps you can. And that's where my evaluation is going to stay. And it's going to go through your senior year. I'm not going to go back at that point and say, okay, I have to take him because he's a four and a half star or five star. I'm going to go, I have to go back to him because he had a heck of a senior year. Or he's a five-star guy and I go back and he struggled this year, which happens unfortunately. And maybe they can build, you know, pull themselves out with great coaching or whatever. But my decision's based on what I see on the video. In the game, the ball is placed, it's 40 seconds. You got to go out, you got to set your point, you got to get your holder set. The snap has to come. I got edge pressure, I got wind across my face. How are you responding in that environment? You know, though I'm the punter, I want to see how you handle a bad snap. I want to see how you can sit in there with pressure. I want to see if you're kicking in a direction that we want you to go through. I'm not getting that in the evaluation of of camp write-ups and descriptions. That that's my my thing for the again the 2021s, 2022s. Absolutely, I think that you're spot on. I think that the exposure to competition and to your peers that maybe, you know, a couple of States away, that's a, that's an experience that everyone should have. I do think that as you progress and you get a little bit older and closer to, to getting recruited by guys like you, it should be a little bit more shifted on the training, you know, uh, just, uh, just to getting ready for your level, you know, to getting ready to play on Saturdays. Um, you need to be trained well and prepared for the worst, expect the best, but definitely prepare for the worst. And I'll close it out with the underclassmen by saying that it's a very common term or, or, or phrase, but controlling what you can control. And I think that the two controllables that the young guys have more than the older guys is they have ample amount of time to train and prepare and identify weakness and build on strengths. And they have equally as much time to make sure that academics, although it may not be a, something they're fond of, there, there may be one or two subjects that they love. They've got to find a way to make it a priority because I think that it empowers them as the athlete to say, I could go to a service academy. I could go to Ivy League right now. And it's so competitive anyway these days. But uh, I, I really think it, it increases your stock value, especially when you were at Ole Miss. It sounds like, yeah. you know, if I didn't take academics seriously my first two years in high school, I probably wasn't going to get that PWO at Ole Miss because that wasn't your standard. Right. They, were, they weren't going to do that. And you hit it. You hit the to me, the great point, um, and, and it's a family point, you know, I'm some of the people that I'm dealing with are very fortunate for them. And, you know, I get to go along for the ride, but it's crunch time. I, I know of two players that have competing for PWOs legitimately, you know, go to preseason camp, uh, have it, have the ability to go to one of the service academies as well as go to the Ivy league. And now it's not only the player that's making that decision and needs guidance in understanding. I'm spending a lot of time with parents 
and hey coach you know you you, you kind of been you know i've been in all those environments can you kind of give us because it's a tough decision for a parent when you can go to an academy and you're getting paid and you have a career all set for you whereas in the ivy league if you're not eligible for any type of need you know that's a hefty bill for four years and how do i justify that and you know well if you go to the ivy league you're going to make that up i mean that's just by nature of what they are so those discussions and bringing the you hit it in the beginning of uh, of the uh, segment was the communication between the player and the parent you know there there's some disconnect and i and i talked to the to both and i think back to raising my sons and then i go back to where my me and my dad were at that point yeah i get that so how can we pull that all together to me it's certainly what i provide what you provide because i know the feedback that you have in the relationship with your players as well as with parents now it's coming to for 2021s it's coming to a head for 2022s now we're in the shoot and we're starting to bring it in tighter and for 2023s 2024s open your eyes take all the information you can and let's start to get to your goal wow uh, yeah, I think this is exactly what our audience needed to hear. I want to thank you so much again for your time. You're you're a recurring guest in the show. You've been on once before, and we're, we're going to have you back, of course, because we learn every time you're on. Uh, I wanted you to briefly share with the audience ways they can get a hold of you, even if it's one preference, because uh, I think there will be a couple people that want to follow up on this with you. Sure, I, I appreciate it. I, of course, working with you and Fourth Down You, uh, but I have a website www.chrisrippon.com that has everything my coaching career but it also has a recruiting tab so they can access that and there's information for both players and parents my twitter handle is at coach rip showtime and my uh, email is coach rip showtime at aol.com and if you just hit google chrisrippon.com boom you're you're there and i'd love an opportunity to talk to you because it's I love being with people, uh, getting to know them, and uh, I think I have uh, an insight that's pretty unique as to what players and parents think they know and the reality that we tried to to help them out with today on your show. You know, in my 19 years I've been doing this, I've I've waited a long time for someone like you. I've I've tried to stay as far away from recruiting as possible, but it's a necessity. It's a part of it. Uh, parents need need the help there it's just i like to be on a field so to have someone that has not only been a coach but is also an expert in 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 this recruiting world um, i am forever grateful to you and and, and to what you do for our athletes and even the audience right now i think people got something out of this that could be helpful so i just want to thank the audience uh i am dan lundy i'm the founder of fourth down focus podcast i also and the founder of Fourth Down University. My website, you can find a lot of content related to our topics. Uh, I've got some PowerPoints and YouTube visuals at fourthdownu.com. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. The handle for that is fourthdownu, 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. Also on YouTube, just Google or search in the YouTube search section, Fourth Down University. I look forward to catching up with you guys next week on the show. 
I do ask that uh, you guys continue to reach out to us for topics and guest suggestions. I'm taking those into consideration. We have a very exciting winter season coming up as uh, football season winds down. The off season uh, is proven to be a much more eventful time of year. So we'll probably have some Saturday specials. Definitely some people you guys want to hear from that are still playing football as well. Not just us old coaches, but anyway, you guys have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you guys real soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.